0: Hi everyone, this is Michael Dolce, host of the Secrets of the Sire podcast, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. So D23 has dropped. Disney's version of Comic-Con, Star Wars, and Steve Jobs all rolled into one. Is it just me or is there a convention every weekend now? Ah, I digress. But give Kevin Feige credit, he didn't just abandon his roots and save everything for D23, instead managing to spread the wealth of announcements between D23 and San Diego Comic-Con last month. He knows a good marketing opportunity when he sees one, especially with all the new Marvel characters he'll be relying on in the coming years, including the Eternals. Then there's J.J. Abrams and his attempt to rescue Star Wars from the brink. Yes, I know, I know what you're saying, Mike. Star Wars is one of the biggest franchises in the world. There's no need for it to be rescued. It's doing just fine. You might also be of the mentality that Last Jedi injected new life into a franchise. Even if you are one of those fans that loved Last Jedi, Ask yourself this, did it leave you really wanting more? Did it leave you caring what happened to Rey and Finn and Poe and Kylo Ren? And just take a look around the internet, the fact that more people are excited about The Mandalorian, a TV show, than episode nine is telling. Secrets of the Sire starts now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sire Studios digital network. You can go to secretsofthesire.com. You can find us on youtubecom secretsofthesire, facebookcom secretsofthesire, and twitchtv secretsofthesire, where you can interact, comment. We'll comment right back. We'll talk to you all night long. Uh, before we post the sucker up on iTunes which is now Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Anywhere you can download an app, you can find Secrets of the Sire. Tonight, D23 recap, Star Wars, The Eternals, Kit Harington, Tom Holland, and we get to talk all about all this stuff with Chris Arendt from Newsarama and talk about the very, very popular relaunch of the X-Men comics with him as well. I am your host, Michael Dolce, joined, as I am every week, by my co-host extraordinaire, the Lord of the Radio himself, Mister Hassan Godwin. How you doing, sir?
1: I'm good. Happy Wednesday.
0: <laughs> it is a happy Wednesday, isn't it? Now,
1: <laughs> yeah. Middle of the week. Hey. Okay. Middle of the week
0: is much better than.
1: Oh my God! I just realized we could we can. <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike.
0: <laughs> what? What?
1: You ever see that um, the Geico commercial with the uh, with the camel? Oh it's yeah. Okay. Mike, 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 and then you're Mike. So, I see, it's a a bad joke.
0: That's a terrible joke.
1: I just realized the joke will work, and therefore I uh, take license to be as obnoxious as humanly possible
0: about it. Why don't we talk about really good, positive things that happened to me? I got my keyboard Ah. fixed.
1: Yes, because you had, like, a protein spill, right? Like You had this, like, terrible meltdown kind of situation. Yeah,
0: I lost the S key. It's back. I can type things like Chris... We we had... (laughs) So, so now it's not, a it's not Kree Arant, it's not Cree Who's going to join us? Oh no,
1: yeah, we had a conversation about it. like you it's find not out how eternal... certain certain <laughs> letters are to to Star the Star
0: War. No, Tar War. It would have been Tar uh, War. yeah, yeah, so
1: yeah. We can actually you talk, can talk about Z, all this. Though. you could be stylistic and use a Z. We told you that.
0: And I have I have to admit something, and I'm not proud of this. Mm. I was still using El Capitan Mac software. Uh, you're not a Mac guy, so you don't no, understand how embarrassing that was. But I actually, in the process of re, you know, getting this fixed, I was like, "All right, it's it's time, it's time to upgrade to what the rest of the world is using." Usually, I wait because I'm afraid that there's some bugs, and it's usually a good idea to wait before you upgrade your OS. Yeah. I waited like three years, so. But now I can do all kinds of cool things. It's crazy. It's amazing.
1: Well, I got I got this um, I guess this this uh, Wi-Fi thing. I gotta look around. Right? I, gotta be, I gotta be careful. I've said
0: I got nothing else. I got nothing else. I, I'm like upgrading an OS. I, I like, can control
1: my television with my phone. It's you like are, the stupidest little stupid uh, thing that you discover uh, that you can do.
0: <laughs>
1: like, I was, I mean, we will not get graphic, but I was in the bathroom and I was like, that TV is way too loud this time of night. And I was able to turn the TV down from the bathroom. While I was We're
0: watching. not going to get graphic. I was washing my But hands. I'm going to tell you exactly what I was going to do. No. All right. so, <laughs> but
1: I'm, you, I'm talking about, like, I've been living a lie this whole time. Yes.
0: I, yeah, well, that's, that's for many. Just a
1: few, yeah. my friend, who just now got your software update and now realize what the real life is, right? Yes.
0: Well, it, a couple apps broke. but.
1: Citizen. What?
0: Well, because I, mean, I, I was using, like, legacy stuff that I just try not to have oh, to buy man. new for. Yeah. But, yeah. So it cost me money. In the end but all right oh, it does d23
1: went you now hold on now what is this d3 you know the d23 just came out of nowhere because five minutes ago was san diego mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and everyone was talking about san diego and then we we're talking about um the star wars star wars had a celebration kind of situation yeah. right so we were dealing with that and that was a big event and the san diego thing was a big big event and then all of a sudden everyone's like, hey, D D twenty three. And
0: I know. You know all
1: these other all these other YouTubers, all our fellow YouTubers were mm-hmm. like all over the place, like, Hey, this is yep. the thing that's happened this weekend, and this happened, and this came out, and that trailer came out and that happened. And they said this and they said that. And I'm like, yep. What? What is what is so so what is D twenty three? D twenty three
0: is what Disney's convention. Disney's answer to San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con, all those other things—they put on their own convention where they make their own announcements. Now
1: not, that's the D in the D twenty.
0: To be fair, and I have to actually—well, look, part of it is actually also uh, the fact that they don't just do comic book-centric things. I mean, Disney is a is a huge brand, which, by the way, have actually like the more I'm the more I'm thinking about it, we have let willingly just let them take over the entire world, kind of a little bit. Disney kind of owns almost everything. Yeah. I know it's we kind like of a, say a, that
1: like a slow disease that, yeah. that we don't do anything about until it's too late. Until the like we
0: say good. this, we say we should be worried about this kind of stuff, but Sign then we're kind of like
1: over to me. That's that's the only thing you could do to save yourself, right? But then
0: we get pissed at like Sony for like taking Spider-Man away. Like oh, give us Spider-Man, Disney will give you anything we can, anything you want. We'll put a mark of like a mouse tattoo in our I, arm. I
1: honestly, we we didn't we talk very briefly about this last week and. Yes. I just—I still think it's a mistake. I still honestly think it's a mistake. I—I no. I th- I think what Disney asked for was outrageous, you know. But I think that's what you do when you're starting to negotiate—you hit them with an outrageous amount and let yeah. you, and let you back you down, right? Let them back you down. And this, like, it seems like like the Sony guys, and I—I yeah. I don't know, I don't know mm-hmm. from Adam, right? But um, it seems like the Sony guys just—they're bad businessmen. You know, they, they, you know, they're, they're very worried about their brand. They're very, very worried about Sony. They're very worried about being eaten by Disney. Sure. Because Disney's probably like, all right, we'll just buy you. And then we'll, <laughs> right. So they're, so they're very worried about all these things. And they're also very worried about like, you know, making sure that they have a good strong profile that everybody could be like, kind of proud. Like, oh, these guys didn't get, they, they didn't lay down, man. They didn't get pulled over by the, by the evil empire.
0: Well, did you, I mean, Right. On, secrets, on SecretsOfTheSire.com right now, uh, I wrote an article actually earlier in the last week that we shouldn't even be dealing with these executives. It was North Korean hackers are the reason we are actually dealing with these executives. The woman who made the deal who was at Sony was Amy Pascal. Mm-hmm. Uh She was the one that actually made the original deal with Kevin Feige. She got ousted because of her emails gotten hacked. So, she actually, so North Korean hackers, like dominoes falling actually put tom rothman in charge and tom rothman's now the main man who
1: yeah and he doesn't he doesn't quite forgive me i don't know what i'm talking about so i can tell i can say anything i want um and i'm not an expert Mm -hmm. he doesn't quite know what he's doing because sony has a really bad track record well he went
0: yeah he went to a he went to like some education camp that (sighs) like some uh (laughs) You know, to, to kind of get him acclimated. And he came back understanding, though, what superhero movies are, that they're not a genre, that there are genres within this broad scope of superhero movies. And so now he kind of is like, wait a minute, we can just do this ourselves. So Tom Holland... But
1: they my, can't. They can't. No, no, go ahead. The Spider-Verse was them doing it themselves. And it did make money. It did make, it did it make a chunk an Oscar. of money. For, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't... Venom made... Venom, of- Venom didn't make it Venom didn't win an Oscar.
0: No, it didn't, is- but it made eight hundred and fifty six million.
1: I know you gotta wait till I'm finished though. Yeah, Venom didn't win an Oscar, but mm-hmm. Venom is considered more successful than Into the Spider Verse,
0: right? Financially, yes.
1: So there you go. That's all they really think about. So into the Spider Verse didn't if, if if into the Spider Verse made a billion dollars, then Sony would Sony would be in their rights because uh because Venom almost made a billion dollars and Into the Spider-Verse made billion, yeah. a billion dollars. And it was also had the, the, the stigma against it of being an animated movie, right? Right. So now we could do whatever we want now because obviously we can make this work. But it yeah. didn't work out that way. The, Venom didn't make a billion dollars. It almost did, did really well, but it didn't yeah. make a billion dollars. And um, Into the Spider-Verse made like $300 million worldwide which is not a lot of money, unfortunately. It would be great for me. I'll take it. But it it's it not a lot of money for the, for the worldwide uh, market. Spider-Man Marvel movie Marvel made a billion dollars, right? A right. billion dollars. And the reason right. it got up over that mark,
0: what are you doing?
1: What's, what's happening?
0: <laughs> just pointing. Just leaning. The- but I can't do this?
1: The reason it made that much money. For anybody
0: listening to us on iTunes uh, or Google Play, I'm literally just poking my cheek right now with my finger. It's very exciting. Go ahead.
1: The, you, you, go ahead. Speak. Say whatever you wanted to say.
0: <laughs> Continue your, your thought. It made a billion dollars because it was part of the MCU.
1: I was getting there. I was trying to get there.
0: but. I don't know. I wasn't trying to distract you. yeah you weren't trying this is this is clearly not going up there in our for your consideration podcast awards (laughs) real that we're going to send out for your consideration all right tom holland did make a surprise appearance so d23 was an all-weekend spectacular there was a whole bunch of announcements the cool thing that i thought from d23 the first off thing was that kevin feige saved some announcements um for both San Diego and this, which I, I think is actually brilliant, I don't understand why people are so down on San Diego. These uh, the, the the vibe of the last few years from San Diego is we don't need to send out our A game and there really wasn't a big Marvel or DC thing going on. Then all of a sudden kind of Marvel did the Hall H panel and just blew the doors off it with like the announcement like of the a, cast. And, like a
1: streaming service though. Like uh, everybody thinks that, that we don't need Netflix. We can have our own streaming service. We don't yeah. need to go to someone else's party. We can host the party ourselves.
0: Yeah. But that's, it's just, that's it, but like,
1: that's the prevailing business mentality now. Apparently. But
0: now, but at least I think Kevin Feige, I think Disney in general is kind of like being smart about this though. Like, you know, announcing everything. If they'd announced everything at D23, I don't know. I think, they, I think they they. got more bang for the buck. They've been talking about him for like a month and a half now, you know, versus if it was just all at D23, this thing would be forgotten, you know, later on. But Tom Holland was there for his, uh, his. he's got a Pixar film with Chris Pratt called Onward. Um, he did get a chance to address the Sony Marvel split, which we've been talking about ad nauseum from last week. I mean, it was just, it was huge news. Again, our take or at least my take anyway, is this is just public negotiation. That's all it is. Uh, this is just what, you know, it's what athletes and sports athletes do, uh, or sports agents do. They leak things to the public when they want to get the public on their side, put pressure on the owners to make a deal. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. Uh, but he actually got to address it. And he said, it's been a crazy week, but I want you to know I'm grateful from the bottom of my heart. And I love you 3000. That was his, uh, that was his response to the crowd. Oh. Now he spoke with Entertainment Weekly and kind of went in a little bit of a, a deeper a deeper yeah. dive here.
1: A violent, racist
0: rant. <laughs> yeah, <when> he <laughs> yes, he did a violent, yes. Because <laughs> they, they just never saw that coming, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well. And he, and he killed someone. He killed one of the people.
1: They were like, oh, no. I think he's taking this too
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's handled things better. Yeah, uh, he's been... basically kind of just saying, "Look, we're going to do the best we can. Uh, it's going to be even better, and blah blah blah." You know, the funny thing is, is that he probably is just biding time. You know, waiting for that, waiting for that deal to kind of happen. He's he's probably gotten assurances that. Something's gonna happen that it's not a done deal and well, just it's a James kinda...
1: thing, right? Maybe he's just he's just yeah. playing it cool. He learned he's taking a page out of yeah. the James Gunn book and just like, I'm just gonna play this cool. I mean that's the that's the only thing anybody should ever do. Yeah. Right? Is just be cool about yep. it all. Yep. And not and say as little as humanly possible. Yep. You know, don't don't be like uh <laughs> don't be like Brian Singer when they mysteriously catch you buying a milkshake and they start asking you all kinds of terrible questions <laughs> and you seem to have no choice but to answer all the questions, but that all seem to be questions that edge towards uh you're being exonerated for whatever right. don't don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keep your mouth shut, you know? But to send send your send your page out to go get you your milkshake since you're Brian Singer, right? And you have a lot of money. Um, I could I could get someone to bring me a milkshake right now, and I'm nobody, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, Brian Singer didn't need to go to 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 Tofuti or wherever the heck he went to. Don't do that stuff, people. It doesn't yeah. work. But yeah. Take a take a page, take the page out of, uh, of James Gunn's book. James Gunn kept his mouth shut the whole time. He said, "I was sorry" in the very beginning. I should have done that, and then he vanished. And he almost—I mean, like yeah. you know, Dave Bautista almost destroyed his career. You know, but yeah.
0: well, you know, hey, look, they, you know, they felt passionately about, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So it just is so, weird.
1: so yeah, don't do that. So, so, so Tom Holland's like, yeah, you know what? I got this other movie coming out and I'm still Spider Man. We'll talk to you later. That's the best reaction you could possibly have.
0: To right. Right. The other, the other big news for Marvel is, and, and this was getting, this was a little tease because I actually, I, I, I texted you over the weekend too. Kit Harrington is joining the MCU.
1: Uh-huh. And yeah, and, like, and what Wolverine. did you
0: text me? Wolverine. Everyone's like, there's gotta be him. Gotta be him joining as Wolverine. Who, who I want him I who want
1: Kit Harington, Who sees Kid Harrington as Wolverine? Not only, and Santa not Santa only and who Joe see, Mark Lombardi. Not only who sees Kit Harrington as well, whoever. <laughs> yeah. Tell him this. Shut it. Who's first of all, who sees Kid Harrington and says, That's Logan? That's a Who's
0: so Hugh Jackman is that. No one did.
1: No, no. But that but that's the other thing. The mold is broken now. Who saw Kid Harrington and say that's the guy who could replace Hugh Jackman?
0: Uh, look, it's got no, no
1: <laughs> argument. No, I'm not arguing with you about that. I'm not saying that. Hugh Jackman left the role. It's gotta be recast. Yes. But not Kid Harry. I mean, that does, that would be a disservice to both of them. Kid Harry is a talented actor.
0: No, no. He's five foot eight. No. He can actually be short. Logan. No. I think we're both in agreement. No. Though. They have to recast Wolverine at this point. I know everyone's of dying like. They're dying to have like Hugh Jackman just play this guy. That for like would like look. Saturday I before. would.
1: I would watch Hugh get Hugh Jackman play uh, Logan or Wolverine. Even even though I didn't like Logan too much. I love, I love, I like the movie a lot. I just, just didn't saw like
0: just saw it again uh, over the weekend, and it's still a pretty badass movie. I like it. I like it's
1: a it. great movie. Yeah, but I don't like it. You know, it's like Braveheart. <laughs> Braveheart was a great movie. <laughs> Braveheart was, but I didn't like it. I didn't like the ending. Yeah. I don't. I don't like. I don't like those endings.
0: Not a not a flawless movie. So it's not. So it's a. Stretch. So
1: it's a. It's a great movie. It's a great film. It was a. It's a. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But I just didn't like it. It's just because I some some things, just because I didn't like it doesn't mean I think it's bad.
0: Okay. It's bad, no, that's that's a fair opinion. That's a fair opinion. All right. Well Jon Snow will be playing it's Black night. What's mm. that? Oh, yeah, I know right.
1: Who saw that coming? I, I know. <laughs> that
0: poor that poor bastard. In
1: your defense, there's no way you could have known that they were even gonna cast the black knight. Right. Much less they were gonna use uh uh Kid Harrington to do it. So in, in your theorizing that it yeah. was going to be Logan, you know, that you can be forgiven for that.
0: Yeah. Can, can we just take a moment also just to kind of give a shout out to uh, Ryan Panagos? who we're going to get him on the show. We've been trying to get him on the show for many years before he blew up and is now like a million followers on Twitter because he's like the face of Marvel Online. Yeah. Um, he gets to go to all these things. Like I actually saw he's like at Hall H. He's like, I'm Ryan Panagos. I'm at Hall H. I'm like, you bastard." <laughs> we loved you when you were the price guide editor at Wizard. Damn it, he was a good dude. He was always a good dude. He always, yeah. always he was a big fan of the Sire. He did a lot of good things. It's good stuff. Yeah, so,
1: he's good guy. I never had give him. a shout out
0: to him, but um, but yeah. So they 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 trotted out the Eternals again. Uh, you know, Kit Harrington, That was the big news, and uh, Gemma Chan. Is it Gemma or Ke- Gemma? No, it's Gemma Chan. Uh, we'll be playing Cersei in
1: names the show
0: in the Eternals. Well, she's <laughs> got time for that.
1: Oh look, Kid Herod is fighting Cersei again. Yeah, <laughs> ain't that something? Ain't that something? <laughs>
0: are they gonna are they gonna bring Daenerys in? are they gonna this yes Marvel's attempt? this is Marvel's attempt to do like it. do it re- all is to record the ending of Game of Thrones isn't maybe it?
1: so maybe this will be how they do it they're gonna do they're it gonna oh, Marvel, anything they want
0: son. now you brilliant man you
1: <laughs> you debunked it
0: that's it that's the theory a couple Disney Plus announcements and then we're gonna we're gonna dive into the Star Wars stuff in the next segment but Miss um, Marvel she-Hulk and Moon Knight yeah. live action series for Disney+. Plus. Um, it's going
1: is- to be a big year in the next two years. Big, big, big television years, I guess. I mean... Movies movies are like moving out of their passe now, man. They're...
0: they're nobody's... I mean, you do everything on TV that you can do in movies now. There's no... There's, the budgets are the same. I mean, they're not the same. Don't get me wrong. But like TV allows the creators. I mean, I would think creators would actually prefer TV. In the sense of a storytelling, op, you know, option to be able to kind of tell a story that doesn't have to be a beginning, middle, and end. And
1: I agree. I agree. Hours, the, right? The only the only issue with it is now they're well, lucrative. Well, it is, but I mean, the only issue now is you got people who are kind of trying to take advantage of the genre, mm-hmm. and they're doing the same. They're making the same mistakes with TV shows that they're making with movies, where they're making a now they're making a a television, a streaming show, a ten hour. Trailer for the next season. You know? I know, and it's like it's like guys, come on! This was this was yours, man. This was a baby that you guys hatched, mm-hmm. right? About this, you know, you guys pushed this the streaming service. It's Netflix. I remember when Netflix first came around, and they you you they they sent you videotape. They, excuse me, they sent you uh, uh, DVDs in the mail, and everyone was like, sure. "This is nonsense." This is, and then it's like, "Oh well, we we're not going to send this to you. We're we actually have this on a streaming service." Mm -hmm. If you want to stream this movie, if you want to rent it and stream it, like who's gonna do that? Really? I I, nobody's nobody even wants this. You guys are idiots. This is not gonna go anywhere. And so now, you know, couple of years later, couple of years later, monster. I remember having
0: uh, my roommate roommate loved the mail the mailing thing. He's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I put in the mail, comes back, I get a new DVD. It's great. He loved that. And then he got Xbox, and we were able to stream the entire road of X-Files. We were both X-Files fans. And so we, yeah. I mean, one I mean, summer, you, you we literally sold watched...
1: early. You guys were early. Oh south. yeah, no, it was
0: great. And and to me, I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, why don't they do more streaming? This, this is, this makes total sense for someone who's been in digital. Yeah, but you're, you're slightly,
1: you've got your foot in your, in their generation. You got your foot in both generations. This is true. The, my generation's more like, wait a minute. We're, you're, you're going to make us rent for the rest of our lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of owning. We we were owners. Music, I five don't. Ago. I'm, I'm
0: with you when it comes to music. I actually. Prefer. I'm
1: like that about movies, man. I want my movies. I want I want yeah. tangible media. I want yeah. to own these things. I do not want you to tell me that the only way I could get it is if I digitally download something. I don't. I I'm not interested in that. I would like my own, because like they're coming with less. Yeah. In order to get you to entice you to start buying DVDs instead of VHS, right? The DVDs came with more content. Right. DVDs came with special features and commentary all mm-hmm. this stuff it enhanced the entire view cinematic viewing experience in your house right yeah so everyone's like oh we got to run out and get these dvd players because we can you know we could yeah. get more insight now. special features is social less media. and less, social less, media and is, less.
0: But that is some you know commentary <laughs> is social media so our social media is commentary now. It's it's no,
1: but you yeah, but you want specified com- commentary. You don't want commentary on waffles, you know. You want commentary on yeah. on on movie scenes and shots and stuff like that. You know what? I, I could go for I some right has it. No,
0: right. Waffles are delicious. You know what else is delicious? Probably my worst segue I've ever done my entire life.
1: No, it's not probably.
0: <laughs> the sizzle reel for Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. J.J. Abrams took the floor. And an old favorite, and an old favorite is returning when we come back. Check out the all-new Sire Studios website, sirestudiosinc.com. Find all your back issues for The Sire, Mainstream, Undone, and more. And be on the lookout for news and announcements, convention appearances, and brand new podcasts coming to Sire Studios. That address again, is sirestudiosinc.com. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons. Uh, Craig Caruso, Tom Osa, Einar Peterson, Matt Bayer, Ashley Haikai, Omar Morales, Brian Phillips, Steve Ovecki, Program Director Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. We appreciate you guys. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash secrets of the sire. Uh, become a fan for as little as a dollar, and you get access to our uh, show outlines. You get exclusive content get all kinds of really great stuff uh, that only patrons can get. So check us out on patreon.com. All right. We were talking about D23. It was a huge event that kind of just slid under the radar until all of a sudden it was here. Um, you know,
1: Yeah, and exploded. Exploded yeah. in everybody's face.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because I should have seen it coming, but it's something that doesn't – they don't do it every year. They do it every other year. And, uh, like
1: a Star Wars celebration, they do the same thing with this. Star exactly,
0: Wars. Exactly, exactly. So, shame on us. Shame on us for not seeing this coming. But what they did do was they brought out the entire cast of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Before we get into what they revealed, you had a question for me off the air that I thought was actually brilliant because I think it sets the stage for this entire conversation.
1: Would you like me to ask that question again?
0: That is generally what I what a setup is in this business. Yes.
1: Ah, uh, you didn't tell me you were setting me up.
0: I. Then, you just, know, all,
1: all well and good because you should never tell anybody when you're setting them
0: up. Y- and you um, also, you also, yeah, clearly don't listen to me either because it's clearly uh, kind of. clearly a setup. You're like, what? Is it my turn to talk? Go ahead. <laughs>
1: that's pretty much that's pretty much how this <laughs> whole show works. Um, I asked you if. Uh, if you were in any way excited for this film. That's well,
0: be you awesome. actually said, do you have any emotional stake you- in this well, film? And I think that's actually a deeper...
1: Exactly what I asked. That's a
0: deeper question, and I think it's, the, it's, it's 100% correct. I actually don't care. I'm going to go see it.
1: Hot take, hot take.
0: I'm hoping that it's a good movie. I'm hoping J.J. Abrams resolves things in a way uh, that both placates the divergence of fandom in one way, shape, or form. But at the same time, I think Ryan Johnson's film was so bad. It just was so bad. And even before his film, uh, you know, my criticism of Force Awakens, which we've been through on the show, you can go to secretsofthesire.com, you can check out all of our previous episodes, go to Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff, download. Uh, hit subscribe, it's great. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the the downside to what J.J. Abrams even did was he introduced all these new characters. He introduced Ray and Finn and Poe. And I got to be honest with you, I was so into it. The moment Force Awakens becomes, and again, I really enjoyed Force Awakens, so I can't sit there and tell you that it ruined the movie. But it did knock me for a little bit of a loop. The minute it, it jarred me for a minute was when Han Solo and Chewbacca first get on screen. Because now all of a sudden, you're telling us a, a new story and you're also trying to complete a story that had already kind of essentially had an end already. I mean, return of the Jedi essentially resolves everything that you needed to know about the Skywalker clan. This is kind of like a new wrinkle in that, okay, Han and Leia have a kid and that kid has not turned to the dark side. Okay. It's a plausible enough storyline, but it's, it's 30 years later. It's, you know, it's one thing when the novels, when they, when they gave Luke Skywalker the role and the, you know, ambition to put him to fulfill that, you know, into the role of fulfilling that prophecy of balancing the force. And you had, you know, Han and Leia's uh, kids who actually, you know, went about playing a larger role in this. And they kind of took bits and pieces of that. They also had to play with the fact that these guys were 30 years old, you know, 30 years older than when they were, you know, first in there. They tried to kind of start up a storyline so they could finish it off again. And it was jarring. And then Ryan Johnson took everything that J.J. Abrams tried to set up and was just like, eh, F you. Just going to tell this other storyline that don't think too hard because it don't make no sense. It don't make no sense that when you blow up our Death Star that we're going to now chase you guys down with our entire fleet, which somehow managed to avoid.
1: Somehow we still have Still have, somehow we still have fleet superiority even though we lost our multi gojillion dollar planet. Right. You know, like the resources that we lost on that planet, it cannot, it should not be able to be measured, right? right. And I mean, look, in, in A New Hope, the Empire just kind of bounced back right after the Death Star blew up. So, you know, but the next Death Star they blew up kind of destroyed the Empire. Right. So, I mean, it you know.
0: You, you also, I mean, you also there was time that elapsed in the new hope and Empire Strikes Back. I mean, they made it very clear that time had elapsed
1: Yeah, a couple of, a couple of,
0: this is like, it takes place right after it's the dumbest thing. It's just the dumbest premise right up the bat. It's like, we're going to go in for this giant kill. Yay. We killed him. Oh crap. We got to run now. Oh, it crap, happens. they're on our tail. Those,
1: those two movies are a perfect demonstration of the two things that you don't do. It's exactly what we were talking about earlier about, um, about having an entire – using your entire movie or television show as a setup. For the next movie, as a tele- or a television show, instead of telling a story, if J.J. Abrams had decided to kind of lock in and hunker down and like tell a story, give us some, give us some meat behind who Ray is, give us some information on Finn, give us so I know that um Oscar Isaac wasn't supposed to be in the entire movie; he was supposed to die in the beginning, and that he kind of petitioned to that uh, Poe still be alive, so Poe was actually added in as the the you know the third party in the in the trio. Mm-hmm. But you could have given – so, okay, you don't have enough room for him in, in uh, The Force Awakens. You got enough room for him to do something in The Last Jedi. And they did, the, what they gave him to do was just, you know, it was just so bad. But, I mean, if there was room, if there was information about these characters and where these characters were supposed to go and what these characters what, – what the pathology of these characters were and what their agency right. was – Ryan Johnson probably would have had a harder time throwing all that material out to, to put in whatever he wanted to put in. Right. Now look, Ryan Johnson, Ryan is another master class in just how to not tell a story. You know, I mean, I don't right. know what he was doing. It was a, it was the most boring car chase movie I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It was like, and it's like a space movie. It's gorgeous looking film. Yeah, well put together film. I mean, you know, visually. But there were so many, like there were, It just needed a couple more passes by expert editors, you know, even to make what he gave us workable. Right. And and some like there's there's a there's a beat in it where uh, you 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 find out that the first order knows that the rebels have escaped in these little shuttles, right? And mm-hmm. the, the supposedly cloaked shuttles. So now the shuttles are getting destroyed. So now you see, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Holdo, right, Admiral yeah. Holdo.
0: Purple hair. Lord
1: Dern. She goes, Oh no, you know, take evasive action, blah blah blah. And then she runs off camera. So you think she's running off camera to take to do something. Right. Right? Then like three scenes later you f- see her finally crawling into the to the you know, to the helm of uh, the the ratis, and then slowly the ship turns around and then everybody you know, then you, then you have these like these these uh these these misleading fillers of oh they're trying to run away she's trying to escape you know she's come on man we all know she's gonna but never mind so the ship the slip the ship slowly turns i mean it's just you've taken all the tension and the action out of the sequence right by by glorifying the, the 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 entire movement of the ship or whatever like just cut that have her just turn around mm-hmm. and, do, and do what she did. I mean, the, the sequence that follows is fantastic. It doesn't make any sense in the Star Wars physics. In real physics, of course not. But in Star Wars physics, it doesn't make any sense. But it's still one of the most stunning visuals that we got in the entire Star Wars saga. Right. right? Mm-hmm. But it was completely kneecapped by all this kind of incompetent sequential storytelling. Yeah. And was, go, I mean,
0: we've, we've gone through, I mean, go... Yeah, a hundred times, hundred times. Or not episode 200, episode 100. I mean, we, we really do detail. I think it was well, episode 102, just why this is just one of the worst movies, just movies in general. It's like, we need to go find... It doesn't, find have, it doesn't guy.
1: have any of the mythology to it. It doesn't have any oh. character development, any of it like that. It's we need not- to go find
0: this one guy. There's only one guy that can save us. Uh, oh, we couldn't get him, but we managed to be in the same jail cell as the guy who could do... <laughs> <he> can- <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we're gonna trust him that'll work we're just gonna, we're just gonna trust him after we take Scares these uh the these harry potter uh, uh on this uh are Mary... no, like
0: they're like we have to save everyone here let's get the hell out of the let's let's use this power to that could be used to save everyone to go find someone to save us instead it's like why don't you just take everyone off the ship then if you can take it's everyone like, off the ship take off
1: the literally ship. like he turned in the script they told him, "You can't do any of this stuff that we, you know, any any of the stuff that you just put in the script. You can't do this. We want you to do something benign. We want you to do something, you know, saccharine and, and you know, milk toast." And he then he then he turned in the Last Jedi. Like the the what I want to feel for Ryan Johnson as a creator is that he turned into the most kick ass script, star Wars script that was going to flip the script on the entire saga that was going to, was going to shake the, the, the core foundation mm-hmm. of our understanding of it all. And Kathleen Kennedy and everybody else are like, no, oh, we can't do this. You know, what else you got? And then he turns into the, you know, the first draft of the Star Wars fanfic that he did when he was fifteen years old. He goes, "Well, I got this also," and they're like, "We'll make this. This is brilliant." <laughs> and that's that's how I, I I hope that it went for Ryan Johnson, so that we don't have to think of him forever.
0: And and this is the problem like, with the it all, though. Storytellers when it, ever. When all is said and done, now and it, and and just to kind of circle back to what we kind of talked about, the whole big sizzle reel. Uh, there was a new trailer at this, but it was. Yeah. You know, uh, will Ray turn to the dark side? And my answer is, I don't care. Like I don't it's care. cool that they're going to be Doesn't fighting. Mean, a new poster.
1: If she turns to the side I mean, uh, I mean, in the story that you've given us, there's no room for it to go. There's no, right. there's no room for intrigue. There's no room. There's no stakes. You've set up no stakes. Even right. though you told us that the first order is won and the rebellion is is no more. Mm-hmm. You've literally forewent laying any of the emotional groundwork for us to actually to give it right. to so people who are in it for the spectacle and the, and the star Wars brand they'll be, they'll, they'll be there. They'll be there. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe Abrams will give them a good show. Yeah. But for the anticipation squad, you know, the people who are like, man, I'm, I can't wait to see, you know, the next season or the next movie or whatever, yeah. whatever it comes like the people who are waiting for Endgame for a year. Mm-hmm. After Infinity War, that, that kind of tension that I can see. Yeah. I'm not going to make a statement that it doesn't exist. That kind of tension doesn't seem to be around. I don't no. see a lot of people enthusiastic about it. People are cautiously optimistic. People are like, well, if they do this, that might work. But uh, people are openly saying that this needs to work in order to save Star Wars.
0: Yeah. You
2: know?
1: So obviously there's a problem. And, you know, I am one of the biggest Star Wars fans that I've yeah. ever met. Yeah. And I just, the fact that I am mildly curious as to, and mostly it's to see, like, the, one of the old uh, jokes from the Jeffersons, mm-hmm. is that I want to, you know, I'm going to the next game because I want to see how much they lose by. Um, this, is, this is basically why we would be going to, uh, to see uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Right, I want to see how messed up it is. You know, well, Scissor- I want to see how they land this ship. If it has a, it.
0: This off. is a real feature to look back at the 40-year saga so far. It introduced Rey and Kylo Ren fighting on a ship down in the middle of the ocean. Uh, it had a poster with them and the remnants of the Death Star, and it concluded with a sure-to-be iconic shot of Rey wearing a dark hood and holding a double-edged lightsaber. Ah, Darth Maul. So, that was the uh, Star Wars news that, in theory, should have captivated us all. In reality, the big the big announcements were actually Friday. The Mandalorian trailer, unbelievable! Like, just looks pretty freaking awesome. Uh, we're, we're we're showing it as we're talking right now. Um, the Mandalorian trailer looks like as good as a as good of a Star Wars story. It actually kind of reminds me of like being a kid. Even though, trust me, I know none of the series when you were a kid uh, were very good. Like the Ewok series was not great when you when we were a kid. But I was a kid, so it just. Just I liked Ewoks having, when I was a kid. <laughs> well, I loved Ewoks when I was a kid, but I'm just saying like... Even the droids. Had, they, I
1: like the droids cartoon better than the Ewoks cartoon. No, no, and, but the
0: Ewoks had like a live action. They had like a live... I remember they yeah, I the were the watching like a live the action of, special.
1: Caravan of Courage and the Battle yeah. for End Animorph- War. And, and, just,
0: and just, just having that Star Wars feel uh, like it was part of the movie and part of the whole mythology and part of, you know, the whole continuity. That's yeah, what Mandalorian feels like to me. That's what it feels like. So that I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then the we big
1: to, when we were when we were growing up, we used to get such so, such sparse Star Wars content.
0: You know. Yeah. Oh there yeah.
1: Books were coming out on a regular basis, but when it came to television shows and live action stuff, we had that. Oh yeah. We had a Christmas special that he swore he was never going to even air again, right? Because it was turning into such a disaster. Right. And then we had every and then we had the Gedney uh, Tartakovsky cartoon, the Clone War cartoon that was only like five minutes long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm every night or something like that yep. and then when the clone wars cartoon actually came out people were so shocked it's like wow this is a full half hour cartoon with 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 like with keynote characters in it like yep. with actual obi-wan kenobi and anakin skywalker and this is going to be on every week mm-hmm. it was it was the first time we started to get star wars in, a, in like a kind of a mass uh media sort of format right, right. And now disney is kind of Disney's overdone it but but with them pulling back from the movies and now yeah. trying to cuz Star Wars has not conquered television yet no. you know no. so this is fertile you know uh, hunting ground for them you know in 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 the, the Obi-Wan show yep um well that's to say the, one
0: last uh, wait wait to wait to step on the toes the one last hey man Disney Plus announcement um, that they made well actually they made a they made a couple actually but the biggest I one obviously though was uh, Ewan McGregor's return is Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, It was perhaps the biggest emotional High point of the How presentation It's from Hollywood Reporter If not the day at D23 uh, Can you ask me in front of all these people All these witnesses If I'm going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again He said And Kathleen Kennedy obliged McGregor turned to the audience Paused It was so dramatic Yes <laughs> It was if a million voices cheered Enjoy and were completely ecstatically satisfied <laughs> Additionally Kennedy noted the scripts were completed for Obi Wan, and were looking good for the Diego Luna-led Rogue One prequel. So now there's a prequel to the prequel, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Man, well, Star Wars for the next three years. Will be Wars. a Largely TV-based property. Kennedy that also did. stressed that the quality of Disney Plus streaming will be as high as the big screen was, uh, as it was on the big screen. And the first trailer for the Mandalorian supports that notion, at least from a production standpoint. Yeah, it
1: does look. It does look pretty snazzy. If that was a movie, I'd go see it. So I mean,
0: all in all. The Star Wars announcements, the other problem that Star Wars has too is that it was so unique 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. Now with the rise of Marvel superhero world, MCU, uh, you actually have this mythology that rivals Star Wars and Marvel's going more cosmic. The Eternals, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, open the door with that. Uh, Star Trek rebooting you know, being of the same production quality as the Star Wars films, Game of Thrones, even in, even in its own right. I mean, Game of Thrones has a lot of take the space element out of Star Wars and you have a lot of what Game of Thrones does, but Game of Thrones did it on a, on a, on a much more adult level and a much more salacious level. I mean, but you have a lot of, I mean, wow. you know, yeah. who didn't care, who didn't love like lightsaber fights when you're a kid? Well, who didn't also want to be like a knight? Uh, you know fighting dragons and and and
1: well the mistake that they're making it's just, it's the same as Friday told uh Tony Stark in Civil War while he's mm-hmm. fighting uh, uh Captain America you can't beat him hand to hand you know you can't slug it out visually with all these yeah. other genres you can't yeah. go spectacle yep. for spectacle yep. you got to go characters you got to yep. you got to lay the groundwork you got to make us care and we'll be there in yep. spite of the spectacles and they just don't get it. When Spider-Man speaking? died in Infinity War, and we everybody knew they were all. We didn't know that the right. that Sony oh. was going to kill Spider-Man all yeah. over again. <laughs> but I mean, everybody knew they were all coming back. We know there's another Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so we right. know that, that right. Quill and Ressa. It didn't matter. Yes, Just to see them all die was an emotional, yes. you know, uh, ordeal for us. That's because they did the groundwork and established all these characters. Right. You need to do character. You need to stay focused with the story yep. and the character. And then it doesn't matter how snazzy your, your imagery. This is what the, the biggest problem with everyone's having with the, the last season of Game of Thrones is that they threw character away. Yeah. They went for these grand spectacles. They went for dragons blowing up thrones, and you know uh, armies of the dead, you know killing Dothraki and stuff like that. And they, they they spent all this time on those visuals and horror movie sequences with Arya running around, and and they just and they, they people feel, feel that all those characters were betrayed. None of those none of those planes landed. My feelings about it are slightly different. I'm a little more forgiving, yeah. but I understand. Why people are upset, you know. The irony I, I, to Star I, Wars, I,
0: from a visual standpoint, though, the irony to this is they've already established all the visuals they would ever need to get you excited. Just show someone on a speeder, show the Millennium Falcon, you know, show. Well, like if we, we
1: cared about Ray even even remotely, and right. it has nothing to do with sexism. If we cared about Ray, if I, at this point I even care about Chewie. You know, right, like, oh, right. Chewbacca's there. Look, at look, C-3PO's got red eyes.
0: Right, but that's so my, my that's whole point about. is is they don't even need to go over the top in any way, shape, no. or form visually. Because no. they've already had everything that's going to get us giddy. Yeah. Just by, just the sound of a they speaker. Killed the good, good-
1: they killed goodwill because I yeah. remember how excited everybody was when the, when the uh, image, first images of uh, the, the Last Jedi came out. I know. I was kind of the only one poo-pooing it. I'm like, I don't know. No, you for- liked it. I know. I, I mean,
0: you like the visuals of it. You kept you kept the referring visuals, to it that they had the, the, the prequels were
1: nice, but I was thinking that the movie wasn't going to be any good because I didn't like Ryan. Jones. I didn't like Looper yeah. at all. I thought there was a lot of fundamental like narrative problems with New- Looper, and um, like I said, the 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 way they left off the Force Awakens. Yeah, there was just I just didn't see where they were going to be able to build any kind of emotional content out of that. And I didn't. I had no idea how bad it was going to be. I didn't think. I didn't think it was going to be great. What I really mainly thought about the last Jedi was, I thought I wasn't going to like it.
0: Right.
1: That's it. it. I thought that's the extent it would go. I thought it was going to be another circus where everybody loves this movie that I don't love it. You know, and it's just going to be me kind of left out. Nicole's like, man, I really wish I loved this movie because everybody's having a ball. Right. I. People hated this movie so much that, that I was reevaluating my feelings about it. Like, <laughs>
0: wait
1: a minute. It's not. I mean, it's not Hitler. Well, you no, know, it's just a bad movie, but it's not World War Two. Let, let
0: us know what you think. Throw it in the comments fields. Hit subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook, but go back to YouTube as well, too, because we're really trying to build that up. It's really. Yeah, we want to. We're struggling there.
1: It'd be good, it'd be good for everybody involved.
0: But. Uh, yeah, no, hit us hit us up in the comments. We'll, we'll respond. We'll even talk about Less Jedi. We'll talk Less Jedi the rest of the, we'll the show if we, the we have to. Uh, what we will not do is play talk about Last
1: Jedi, Jedi drinking game.
0: We will not talk Last Jedi with our guest coming up, Chris Arendt from Newsarama, when we come no. back. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture, emphasizing the comics in our array of choices that we discuss. We'd like to always welcome our good friend, Mr. Chris Arendt from news How's it going, Chris? It's going great. Thanks for having me back. So- A couple weeks ago, we were planning this out, and we were saying, well, we got to have Chris back on, and when can we get you on? And we're like, oh, let's get you on to talk about House of X. And that was right before D23 dropped and unleashed all kinds of awesomeness. So before we get to House of X, got to talk and discuss, uh, well, actually a couple things, right? What's Newsarama's take on the Spider-Man debacle that's going on?
2: um i personally think they're negotiating right now in the public and uh, marvel is kind of uh, using the leverage of kind of the fan support they have just to see if they can get the best deal possible out of sony like you can uh, read the initial story from deadline and kind of uh, like imagine like do you think sony would give that information to them or do you think Mm -hmm. give that, that information to them and if you position it like that, like you can see Marvel just trying to, uh, and uh, Disney trying to get the best deal possible out of what they're putting into it. Like, uh, right now, they both co- are kind of posturing like they're okay with walking away, and, but, um, I, like, I, like, I think the fans want them to make a deal, and I think it's con- a convenient that it's so far out from the next movie that they have time to make a deal. So, um, I hope that a deal is is resolved, but uh, we'll kind of see like what happens. Like it's interesting uh, just to see how drastic it would be for Tom Holland to lead a Sony Spider-Man cinematic um, universe where he's where Spider-Man is Sony's number one top priority. While if if Spider-Man stays with Disney, what is he is their 10th priority because they don't they still don't really, really own the character.
0: Sure. So, so, what, so what you're saying is, you're a fan of our show because that's exactly the take I had last week. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this, there's no way this this just happened to come out now, and there's no way this was not like intentionally done by uh, by Marvel. This is what athletes, this is what like agents for athletes do when they're trying exactly. to like, this, you know, yeah, this
2: is sports marketing, sports. Yep. Leverage like right now. They they announced it the same day that they announced it was Sony's biggest selling movie of all time. The same day, mm-hmm. they announced they were re re releasing the film with some extra footage, and it was right before D twenty three, and Sony has a stockholders meeting coming up. So I think I kind of see like this would be the opportune time, yep, to do something like this.
0: Yep, what's your so you, When all is said and done, you think he's coming back to the MCU also?
2: Um, Currently, as I see it now, based on the parties involved, I think they'll work out a deal for it to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, It may not be as uh, involved as he was before, but then again, maybe Marvel purposely made him so involved with the Marvel U, so to extricate him would be painful for Mm -hmm. so the fans. But I I think that they'll... uh,
0: Uh, work out a deal very cool so at d23 aside from tom holland's uh addressing the crowd there was some real movie stuff going on that has direct ties to the comics they announced kit harrington joining the eternals first of all please i think we've done this with you already but we're going to do this again because quite frankly even hassan and i have no idea who the f the eternals are besides the fact that they're like jack kirby creations uh who are the eternals and why is it big news that Kit Harrington's joining as the Black Knight?
2: Okay, uh, imagine uh, Jack Kirby has done variations of mm-hmm. gods before. Like, there's been Jack Kirby's Thor. Um, there's been other characters like that. But what? just imagine if Jack Kirby got to make his own pantheon of gods from the ground up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, before the new gods, there's the Eternals. So there are these ancient beings that kind of... Were retcon to be like the primordial early parts of the Marvel universe. It's like, this is pretty late stage kind of Jack Kirby being Jack Kirby, getting the fully right and draw these things. And I think they're really powerful. They have kind of archetypes where um, like people might say from superheroes, but it's kind of um, from uh, mythology where you have the leader character, you have the speedster you have the motherly figure you have the impish kind of figure they all kind of fit into that but for some people like the eternals are secondary and they might remember cersei and like you're saying black knight from the avengers in the in the 1990s like i know there's going to be yeah. a of fans that are going to show up with those 1990s uh leather
0: jackets the day <laughs> it comes out in theaters like, so i think that's interesting and uh Kid, like Black Knight specifically, what do we know about him? Uh, you mentioned Avengers in there. Is there anything we should be looking for collectors-wise?
2: Um, I would uh, – uh, Black Knight, uh, there's been several characters that have been the Black Knight. The Kit Harrington version is Dane Whitman. I believe he's the third yeah. Black Knight. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wanted to chase that down, I would go chase down that first appearance. But make sure you're getting the right first appearance of Black Knight. Um, but also, considering they're bringing him in as part of the Eternals, I think they may be leaning into that 1990s Avengers run that had some great early Steve Epting art. Mm. Um, that might be worth uh, tracking down as well. And there was uh, comments from uh, Kevin Feige, the Marvel Studios president, They kind of opened the door and said that that they kind of want more than just Black Knight in the Eternals going forward if everything works out. But I know uh, uh, Game of Thrones fans have kind of noticed that he hasn't really done much since the TV show. I know he had, he's had some personal issues and things like sure. that. So I think they're just trying to wait and see before they, I don't know, try to do something bigger with him. But they're in a rebuilding phase, so this is the perfect time to do that.
0: Very cool. Alright, and finally from D23, just tons of Star Wars news. Obi-Wan returning, uh, Dark Side Ray, uh, Billy D. Williams on stage with Chris Pratt, what is your personal highlight from D23 Star Wars-wise? And the big question we're talking about tonight is, is anybody really going to care about Rise of Skywalker at this point?
2: Uh, I think that people will. Like I, like, I think it was kind of wiser than to go back to J.J. Abrams to finish this out. And I, I can already sense that people are very sensitive about this. Like, uh, we posted the first look trailer from D23. Mm-hmm complaints that we uh we used a still of the movie from the header as the header and we got complaints that even that was a spoiler like even though it was in the trailer (laughs) so i'm uh, people are really sensitive about this so I, i i don't know like i hope that uh it is something that's a good film and i hope that it's something that can unite people especially since this is the the last film in the skywalker saga Question mark uh, <laughs> dot dot dot. Yeah, I've 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 been in the theaters for the last time. They've had the last film in the Skywalker saga before for uh, Re- Jedi.
0: So so will kind of happens. What's that, Asan?
1: So it's happened twice already.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. This is the last one. That's it. It's over. It's the this.
1: third time. It's the last one. <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> disney would never go back and make an episode 10 right <laughs>
1: no never never there's no chance mm-hmm, uh, yeah, can
2: yeah. we uh can we time stamp this so at about 20 years, <laughs> yes. uh,
1: yeah, Doctor, I'm not, uh, i just wanted clear i'm not going on the record saying that it won't ever happen i am actually being facetious and saying it's probably going
2: <laughs> to of course of course <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it's just funny because it's like we're never doing a Skywalker saga thing again. But we'll do Vader, you know. We'll do Darth Maul. We'll do like we'll do like little characters. Those we'll are still Skywalker
1: it. adjacent stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to be Skywalker. See, that's very
0: that brilliant. that's brilliant. It's <laughs> brilliant. All right, we wanted to have you on because the biggest, I think, comic right now. and, and I could be wrong because you're more tuned in than I am is House of X. It's the relaunch of X-Men, which couldn't have happened if Marvel and Disney had not f- bought Fox. The deal went through and then all of a sudden now they're like, okay, by the way, we're going we're gonna to ramp up this uh, line of books that used to be the greatest thing of all time. Uh, first of all, what's your reaction to House of X and Powers of X? And maybe we can give some spoiler-ish recaps for for the folks out there in terms of why this is such a big deal.
2: Um. As a fan, like, I think it's great. I started as an X-Men fan. Um, uh, and I, like, I've kind of seen it raise to its heights in the 1980s and 1990s when it was the most selling comic in all of comics. And then now kind of – it took a secondary position. I started covering comics when uh, Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. Oh, yeah. Which is probably the closest thing to that, to, to, to that right, happening right now. Yes. Um as a fan, it's, it, it's very revisionist, but that's not a bad thing. Like he's really doing some broad things. Mm-hmm. But I'm uh, with Hickman's storytelling. I'm not pretty. Sh- I'm not sure if it's going to stick or mm-hmm. if if there's going to be further changes to it that kind of uh, bring it more into focus. That's not necessarily as it'll, like it'll still be bold, but um, I'm just interested for in what's about to come. Like as a journalist. This is probably the most hype I've seen for a franchise yeah. uh, revision since uh, Bendis' Avengers dissembled. Um I've been following the sales numbers, like the digital numbers, and uh-huh. it's interesting. Um like the powers of X is outselling House of X by a substantial amount. Like the first three issues are selling better than the first three of House of X. So I'm interesting. It's 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 all one big series, but um and of course, the artist is different, and the story is a little bit different. I'm just interested to see where that's going to go.
0: It's not really different, though, because it's basically telling—it's one giant story. I mean, it really is a continuation. Like you can read it in a linear fashion. I know that I know that if you do read it, it's not a linear story, but it all connects, and it's—and one is—it's not like it's not like one's a tangent. And has no ramifications. They're basically telling you. You can read this if this was if this was called like Jonathan Hickman's Uncanny X Men issue one through six, you would feel like you read issue one through six.
2: Yeah, that is true, but the art is, is different, and right. I am uh, appreciative when uh, like artists stand out. And I was talking to a friend that kind of if you if you were to say there's a difference, it's maybe like uh, where your favorite singer plays in two bands and jumps back and forth. <laughs> James Manor, uh Keenan with uh, Tool and A Perfect Circle, where he was doing an album of one, then an album of the other, where the singer was the same, but the lyrics were a little bit different. The music was a little bit uh, different, but they sounded like the same thing. But like I think people pretty much know that this is one 12-issue series that they wanted to sell two number ones out of.
0: But that's that was the whole reason. And it's funny, too, because I bet you the individual fan did not know that because when I first – uh, heard House of X and Powers of X. I was like, all right, let me pick up both, and I'll see what's going on with with, with both. We'll see what this what, what these two series are, and then the very first page is like two series that are one. Like he literally says it in the opening like paragraph of like exposition uh, when when he's going through like the rundown. House of X, Powers of X, two series that are one. It's like oh oh, this is this is just one series. Uh, House of X had the big drop on House of X number two, radically uh, retconned. Uh, the life of one X character. I'm debating on whether to be spoilery. We're going to review these books next week, so we'll be ultra spoilery at this point. Uh, House of X number two's been out for it's been out for a month at this point. I, I mean, Hassan, what's our what's our moratorium on spoiling sp- comics? <laughs> like, we have it, to invent I mean, one. I, I I mean, at this point.
1: We have to come up with one because uh, we don't. We it's usually television shows and movies,
0: right? So we give we, have, we give Netflix shows like two weeks before uh, two we spoil weeks. anything, yeah. and we give. But, I mean, I say two weeks.
1: months because not everybody gets out. I mean, it's not comic books are not pumped into your house like all. The That's true. Stuff.
0: All so, right. So I
1: mean, people have to actually get out, go purchase the book, and then read it. You know, so there's so, there's, so next week maybe then. Maybe, so, yeah, next, next week. week's probably for the best.
0: All right. Well, we'll, to we'll spoil it, to
1: spoil it now, you, yeah, I mean, not not. To discuss it, but just to spoil it,
0: yeah. So, so Chris, what's your take on Hickman's retcon of this popular, uh, well-known X character?
2: Um, not to say that it was completely like set up in the early Jack Kirby, Stan Lee stuff, but there is um, one thing that he picked up on that he's kind of bringing forth now that kind of gives you an aha moment. That if you were a fan back then, you can uh, connect the dots in some interesting ways. Um, I'm interested in the back matter and how that relates to this character's kind of retcon past. Like I would warn people that Hickman has said himself that there's been a few errors in the single issues that are going to be rectified in the collected edition. So, um, uh uh-huh. Oh, just be careful on that. Um, he, really, he really,
0: he really said, said that, that already. Cause I was wondering about that too. I mean, not that I, I, not that I'm going back and researching as I'm reading this, I'm literally just going through my own brain. Um, I mean, we can, we can at least mention the character's name, right? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, right? Is that, Chris, what do we think? We have a vote of three here. Can we at least mention the character's name? Yes. Yes. All right. So more ah, McTaggart. I ah. well, um, wasn't
1: a vote of three. I <laughs> was but, a vote of two. <laughs> well, you got my,
0: minority loses. More um, McTaggart. I mean, I'm thinking back to like, you know, Proteus. I'm thinking back to the Shadow King, uh, like around 278, 279 this is when I really geek out in front of all uh, from the entire audience here it's like I just remember a lot of storylines involving her and not you know throw anything out that's been done the last like 15 years because it doesn't count anyway apparently um, but you know I'm just wondering how, it all, how it's all going to really line up to the point where if if Magneto and Xavier are aware of this character <sighs> How does, it, how does it line up with everything we've been reading, you know?
2: Um, like, I, I think you have to kind of give it a little bit of freedom to, to move around. Like, it's uh, – uh, uh, Grant Morrison says that he's uh, – uh, a continuity is not his number one thing to adhere to, mm-hmm. but consistency in the character. Mm-hmm. Character consistently portrayed, like, is this – is what he did in line with her personality? And you can go back to the early issues and see, that like, Maura McTaggart was one of the backers of Xavier's school when it first right. started. Right. Like, how would she know all that? Like, uh, uh, like in uh, Proteus, like, uh, how can such a powerful mutant just uh, come out of nowhere? Sure. Like, I, I can see, like, like uh, maybe he found one or two points, but then kind of added his own, and it kind of brings us to this crazy extension that makes you rethink everything. But Yeah. Sometimes that's a good thing. That, uh, that reminds me of uh, Hickman's first Fantastic Four, that he revealed the Council of Reed Richards, and that kind of redefined um, the scope of everything. And I think uh, that's kind of a powerful thing. Like, could you, like, uh, like one month ago, could you imagine a more uh, McTaggart X Men book?
0: No, probably, but now, could you? Yes. 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 And I will say this too. Everyone keeps telling me Hickman's Fantastic Four was fantastic. Uh, no pun intended. Um, the I generally, this is the first book that I've read from Hickman that I actually enjoy. Like flat out, like most of his stuff, like Secret Wars, couldn't get into it. Felt like nothing was happening. Felt like he writes very academically, which he still does, you know, in this. But at least it, it works. It works for in however, whatever reason it is. His style in this particular context seems to work. All right, Chris, as, as usual, you always bring such great insight to the table. We absolutely love having you on. Uh, we're going to do a review of House of X and Powers of X next week in our Spin the Rack segment, so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you and where they can uh, log on to all the cool stuff that you're doing right now with Newsarama
2: um i write five days a week sometimes more at, news, at newsarama.com um like i also talk about comics and pro wrestling and music on, on my twitter page which is at chris errant that's C H R I S A R R A N T, and that's it for me
0: very very cool all right chris Arant, newsarama when we come back a very very abbreviated spin the racks there's a featurette that has a look back at the females in the Marvel universe.
1: You still but... didn't have to talk about it. You still didn't have to go over it. But then, then you, had, you had
0: to go and you had to go and, and, and Welcome to, to, to get... the world that the rest of us live in. So you're sitting here being like, I don't know why we talked about it. I'm gonna make fun of you and get on my righteous high horse and be like, if you didn't like it, you're not enlightened. Uh, yeah, that's the purpose mm-hmm. of the second chair, my friend. <laughs> Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. I want to thank Chris Arendt again. He is one of our regular mainstay uh, guests. He is awesome. He knows everything there is to know about what's going on in the comic book industry. So go check him out at Newsarama. I mean, Newsarama is a name that's been around now uh, for 15 years in terms of just being an authority on this subject. Uh, he is awesome. We do and this. And every-
1: being a nice guy, too. It's like, Oh, you know.
0: yeah. It will also help. But he'll, you know, the thing with Chris does, though, is he always brings the to the problem? table something. <laughs>
1: That you, know, you didn't expect.
0: That uh, I didn't know. Like, yeah. I didn't know. And and it's an insight that only he can provide. That's what makes him a great guest. Yes. We do this every week. We go spinning the racks. Spin the rack. Spin
1: the racks, win, win,
0: win, win. We are changing spin the racks just a little bit. Uh, we're actually not doing anything tonight because D23 – with so much but uh, just to kind of give ourselves a little differentiation we're not getting rid of the song the song basically is staying that's just saying no matter what um but you saw it was our new visual uh we've been kind of we broke it out a couple weeks ago and we want to make it a little more comic centric and so starting next week we're going to do a little review a little comic little five minute comic book review uh we're going to start with what chris was talking about tonight we're going to start with house of x powers of of x uh issues one through three uh, all six issues will have been out. We'll probably stop at Powers of X number three, uh, only because House of X uh, three number three comes out tonight, or it came out today, and you know whatever. We'll, f- I don't know. Powers of X number three had this great, uh, just cliffhanger, that it's a great, it's a great uh, stop up point. But either way, we're going to talk about the hottest uh, series that Marvel has out right now, and how it's going to impact the movie world as well, too, because I think just the re-establishment of the X-Men world uh, is a big deal because it means that the next X-Men film you watch, which is going to be part of the MCU, going to be pretty darn good. Uh, so that'll be next week, and uh, we're going to continue breaking down. There's a whole bunch of stuff. You know there's a new Matrix movie coming out. Did you know there's a Breaking yep. Bad movie? Yep. And yes, we'll continue talking Spider-Man. We'll continue talking Tom Holland. We'll continue talking Star Wars. Kit Harrington. We'll talk about it all. Black Panther. Kit Haring is new
1: Luke Skywalker.
0: Yeah, Kit Harington. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. All right. <laughs> we will see you guys next week.
1: Good night. side.